Welcome to the Fan Engagement Pod, a new conversation about fan engagement. Don't forget you can join the Fan Engagement Network at faninsights.co.uk forward slash network forward slash join for exclusive member services and benefits. This stuff is the teacher. 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 Welcome to episode 22 of the Fan Engagement Pod with Julian Tag, Club President and Director of External Affairs at Exeter City Football Club, who finished top of the first Fan Engagement Index in 2019. Don't forget, the 2020 edition will be out in the next couple of months. He talks about the challenge of operating what are in effect several businesses in one, about resilience, all whilst keeping fans involved and committed. Although their fan ownership model is of course critical to their culture, they do I think share similar characteristics with other non-fan owned clubs like Norwich City because of this appreciation of fan engagement and involvement in decision making. Obviously recently this has become even more critical in keeping the show on the road. I had a lot of fun recording this as we really dug into the way that Exeter do things. Fan owned since 2003, in my view they have avoided a lot of the pitfalls of other fan owned clubs and have learnt a huge amount from their own mistakes and those of others and grown up a lot as a result. They project a sense of confidence and determination but with modesty. I think all clubs from Premier League to National League and all points in between could do a lot worse than spend time talking with them. Julian is a hugely impressive character and his expertise in sports psychology has undoubtedly played a big part in what he does and how he approaches things, particularly relationships with fans. He's also held the roles of chairman and CEO, as well as his current role. Don't forget you can join the Fan Engagement Network at faninsights.co.uk forward slash network forward slash join. We're introducing some exclusive member services soon. Enjoy the show. So, so Julian, that, that Zoom call... Oh, I thought we'd finished. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, I was writing notes at the time. That, um, that Zoom call that, you, that we, we were just talking off um, before we started recording... That Zoom call you did with the um, it's uh, uh, I've I've can't London Grecians yeah, yeah. Um, that call you did with them that that was um, it was something we I plonk I, I did a little video with a with a load of the clubs that were still doing you know still engaging still doing consulting still sort of listening to their fans during lockdown and that was one of the ones that I I watched and I really like that because um, it's just straightforward it's it's a it's it's someone who helps to you know run run a football club talking with and listening to the fans and actually being really um you're very straight julian you're a very straight talking individual and yeah. and football's a straight well football so i find football is, is very straight talking in one sense quite often but i don't always think it's um i mean honest i don't think it's always straight with people about the realities um and that's the bit that I, think, uh, I think that's our strength I think one of our strengths in in you know the supporter ownership is we we are pretty straight about it and and I think it has taken some time you know I think people initially thought you know we're going to go through the leagues and but I think people do realize there's a you know and we're trying to find we're working really hard on trying to find a solution so that we can be one more safe financially safe because that's what you know you read about every day and certainly in the in the current circumstances 
financially safe in a football club you know there, there isn't that many so so it's a good job that that's the that's always been the raison d'etre of the trust itself and the people around it so that's stood us in good stead but also i think people are realistic um about where that might take us um i mean of course there's people that you know they want us to go through the leagues instantly and I love the expression, the proverbial war chest. I love that one there that comes out that, you know, war chest. <laughs> I'd love to see a war chest. Um, because, you know, there's always so much to do. As we spoke again offline earlier, that there's, there's probably four or five businesses within this business, you know, whether that be the, uh, the academy side of it, the trust side of it, the club, there's um, the conferencing, the hospitality, the, 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 the marketing, the, the social media. It's a, it's a hot, not to mention the community work that goes on at the club, which is, which is, which is the reason for the club, maybe, and and uh, and it's huge. So when you put those together, you know, it's actually quite a, a huge task. But I think, I think there's two things. One, people are realistic about it where we are. Although, although I think there is a real, um, a real understanding and drive to try and find a way, which I think you know. The holy grail is it such how do we come more how do we become more competitive because you know people turn up on a saturday to watch a game of football and they they want to watch a good game of football and they want to see people win you know you, you can dress that up however you like one of the things we do try and do is do it right both on and off the pitch um so i think that's that's probably one of the most important the other thing is um you know just the the resilience the one thing that you know i probably say it at the agm every year and, and it comes absolutely from the heart. And you see so many trusts come and go. We've seen any number of them. And we've seen them change. We've seen them get to a point whereby the, the, um, the adversity element of what those fans are doing goes away because they find a solution. And then, and then they're, they're not necessarily their interest, but their, their ability to actually roll their sleeves up and get involved and do the work that's required, which is huge, goes away. And I think perhaps what we've managed somehow by accident design, I don't know, probably maybe because the trust is, is um, literally, you know, the tentacles of the club, you know, four, four of, the, four of the, the trustees are on the club board. It's four and four, you know, you couldn't have a more democratic view. But I think what, showed, what, what they've showed more than ever that I always repeat, because I, I think it's incredible, is the resilience every year boy we've been to Wembley you know three times in four years and they come back and back and back and back and sometimes we have a really good year sometimes a bad one sometimes you know there's a the, you you mentioned managers and things previously and but they just come back for more and that's what a football club needs it doesn't go away it doesn't you know all of a sudden you know you solve a problem and everything's all right forever like like anything in life you have to work bloody hard at it you know, long hours, long, you have to be determined and, and, uh, and resolute in your intention, even to stand still, because we all know in the football world, you know, all of a sudden somebody comes in with a boatload of money, don't they? They start paying payers a fortune and you think, oh my God, you know, they're getting away from us. And there's a four or five clubs or six, how can they possibly be doing that? That's hard for the fans to take. But I think we've, we've, we've got to a point where, for the most part, I'm not saying there's not exceptions in every direction. For the most part, you know, people realise that's where we are. That's the limitation. But at the same time, I don't think anybody's given up the, certainly not me, has given up the, the will to try and find a better way, trust way, that makes this trust survive in the way that it does with the ethos that it has that can be, 
listen, we're not going to take on the world immediately, but can we be a little bit more competitive and a little bit more competitive and a little bit, whilst all these others sort of disappear and, you know, and, and rise up and go past us and come back again. I think that's probably our challenge. And, and that's the one that, that's, that's the really difficult bit. We've cracked lots of, we haven't cracked it. We've found a way to, 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 to manage our club in a very, very proper fashion. This, don't 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 get me wrong. There's difficulties. <laughs> there's differences of opinion across the board, but we we have certainly managed to get to a place that perhaps many haven't. So is it um, are fans only concerned about success? Then that doesn't seem to be the case at your club. Is um, what I get. Well, again, I think what you find in football across the board, and you know, I sit on on the football league meetings, and and what you get you, is a is a complete diversity. Of opinion, and that opinion can change. You know, you something you you listen to a club that's in relegation. Well, their opinion on what should happen next from the league's point of view is different than if they're in promotion. So, it, and it could be diametrically opposite. And then when let's say they get promotion, they go into the league above. Now, all of a sudden, you know, do we need salary cap protocols? Before, when we were bottom of the league, absolutely, definitely, we need it tomorrow. And then a new owner comes in they go somewhere no we definitely don't want it so you have and i think you have that in all football clubs and i think it's a not necessarily a necessarily evil but it's a fact you can you can pretend it doesn't exist if you want no one's ever going to agree i mean so you have to try and find that balance and sometimes that means being that's difficult because sometimes it's the what is it you know the squeaky wheel that gets the attention you know you might have a small minority that are making a lot of noise and you just be careful you don't bend in that direction where actually the majority a little bit like the example you gave early and the majority actually think something different but they're not screaming about it so trying to understand that speaking to people understanding where they sit and where their balance is is it's to help you with the decision so god help you if you make decisions at either end but of course in any democratic situation you know people on our board are voted on so they have to they have to look at that so that's a major advantage at the same time you you don't want that to distort what the what the club has to do to do the best that it possibly can in the circumstances so it, this none of this is none of this is linear <laughs> none of it is simple very much of it about is about is about judgment and 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 understanding a a whole plethora of of aspects to the club and also people's opinions as to what's important to them they're, you know their fans you know, heaven be heaven forbid you call them customers but you know in a way that's they're right so that is not an easy task and i don't profess to have all the answers and i don't think anybody else does but we try and do our best that's probably as best as you can put it so stru um structure versus culture two things i mean they should, they're not verses but you know in terms of which is which has the greater impact is there is 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 it more of a is it more complex than that is it more movable than that or is one more important than the other um, i think i've a very very clear view on culture you know the the culture is about our community you know the the the, the academy is one of my interests that's no secret and one of the driving forces behind that i thought that it a kid from Exeter or Greater Exeter or our area should have every chance as a kid in Manchester or where else. So, you know, we've built an academy that does exactly that. And hopefully it's, it, it's quite a good one. And that was really about, it was about the community because there's, a, there's, a, there's thousands of children go through that and they don't make it to pro. 
but they actually have a really good time. They learn something. Uh, they become ingratiated in the club and they've been looked after by the club. So I think that's one thing. The, the community aspect of the club is very, very clear. You know, that's what they're there for. That, in terms of the, the ethos of what we're trying to do in the culture, I think that's, that has gone through on the pitch. And of course, there's been lots, lots said in the past, but that was set very much, um, you know, through the years as we've grown up, was, was always about doing it right. You know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, do you dive in the penalty area? And, and we've been up against clubs in the past, and I certainly won't be naming names on here because you live with them. And you think, oh, I can't believe this is going on. I can't believe this is what I'm watching. And it's not something, and so you have two choices. You know, you're setting the rules, let's join in, or let's do it the way we think is the right way to do it. So I think on the pitch, that's what's always been there. It's always been about leave the ball alone. And that sets the trend all the way through. So, and then the, the culture that runs through the club is about who owns it. You know, and I, the example I always give is, uh, you know, in the past, there's been people saying, well, there's people in and out of the office. It needs to be more professional than that. They come in and out like they own the place. Guess what? They do. <laughs> so actually, I think that's what the nice bit is. And our boardroom is different than any other boardroom. And sometimes it's a bit too packed and sometimes there's too many people. But actually, I really like it because, you know, not everybody, but pretty much everybody somehow or some way gets in there. You know, it's not a mystery. You know, there's, a, there's always a couple of fans in there which are, that, that are just put through on a vote there's, and they're treated, you know, they're right in the middle of everything. Julian, so how, that's how, really important. How much, sorry, I was just, just a, a phrase you use about the mystery there. How much of this, um, you know, your, your background is um, sports psychology, right? Um, yeah, that's right? How, you know, so in a more general sense of psychology, how much of what you do having to sort of oversee all this, um, all the machinations and all the little different bits in terms of the, the club's relationship with fans and fan engagement and the way you do it. How much? I've lost you, mate. Yeah, sorry. I, I muted I myself by mistake. I must, my, my left hand was thinking one thing and my right was thinking another. Sorry, <laughs> shut up, shut yeah. up with the left hand. <laughs> um, so how so so yeah in terms of in terms of um, that that mystery thing that you just mentioned and you did say something earlier about conventional wisdom in football how much of what you do um, is about um, that sort of uh, uh, um, revealing that look it's more like the Wizard of Oz right there's a big green curtain there's a lot of noise behind it if you pull it back you'll see a little man there pulling a chain and shouting through you know it, do you sort of do you, do you do you sort of delight in in making sure people understand that actually football isn't as complicated as you i mean it's complicated in terms of an organization because all organizations are complicated because they have people in them but i think yeah. not complicated in a lot of ways is it it's a very straightforward think, simple it's not certainly no different from anything else no i think the um certainly you talk about fan engagement you know we've got people on our board that do that really well you know, so you can't do everything yourself. You know, I used to, I don't now, but I used to stand outside the gate, you know, and, and by the big bank and, you know, people coming up, there I am, you know, talk to me. I was CEO at that point. I thought that was really important and I really enjoyed it. I got a battering a couple of times, but there's only a number of people afterwards you see say, you know, so, so, so there was no mystery there. I think those, the, 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 um, the trustees from the, from the supporters trust on our board, I, I've got to give them their due, do that really well. 
don't always necessarily agree or whatever, but it's really important that that, that line is there. It's, it's there right into our border and you can't get away from it. It comes up in board meetings, what people think. Um, but I think in, 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 a, in, a, in a wider context, um, I think because I was close to football, I didn't quite make it. I played at the football club, etc. I played at a decent level, and so so I understand the game. I was, a, you know, I've got my coaching badges when I was 19, very very young to get that kind of license and coach for 20 years and put the sports psychology into practice because that's what I was doing. So it was very original. I did it my own way, but I think in amongst that, I had enough of a view from outside of football but with a little bit of insight into it. So what had happened to a lot of those people, the conventional wisdom that runs through football, you know, this is how it's always been done. This is what we're going to do again. And I think even, and I think that might be why some of our supporters, you know, react so well now, or as well as, 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 as better than perhaps some others, because you know, they see this is not a conventional way of doing it. And conventional wisdom in terms of succession planning, um, in terms of how you how you how you go about things on a daily 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 basis, of course, some things are going to be very similar to what's been done before. You know, as they say, don't you know, don't uh, don't break the mold, sort of thing. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But there's so many in football, and uh, <laughs> I'll be careful what I say. But very often, one of our major advantages is people do do that. And you know, one of the mantras has always been, we've got to get one pound fifty out of every pound. <laughs> and, and, and it's believable because the, the truth is that a lot of people are getting 50p out of every pound. And that's probably what pulls us up by our boot tails and, and, and gets us to a point where we can compete maybe at a better level than, than, than perhaps we, we ought. You know, our budget's not the top by any means. It's not the bottom either. But we do tend to be towards the top. And that might be, you know, getting that value all the time. And, and I think because of our background, people realize there's no money tree, there's nobody behind us, there's no backup. There's nobody that can come in and suddenly lump a million quid on the table or something or, or hold on to the debt or... So that, is a, that, that I think is a huge, in a way, it's not an advantage because you've got no backup, but it's a huge advantage because it stops you going in the direction of so many clubs. If, if, if somebody knows that there's a, there's a backstop somewhere. Where do you go? You go to the backstop. We can't even take a loan from the bank. We don't know. I got into big trouble one time. I said, some of the, somebody from the BBC asked me, how are the club doing? I said, we must be one of the richest clubs in the country because we don't have any debt. Well, the headline was, Tag says X is the richest club in the country. Well, I got absolutely hammered at the football league meetings and everywhere else for that. Mean. But, but you name me a club that doesn't actually have a have an outstanding debt to a bank to a venture capital company or to a to a number of directors or an owner there are very, very many mm. and so my point was not that we were the richest by a million but we were rich in the sense that we didn't owe anybody anything but that's actually a very useful tool because when you haven't got any you know there is nowhere to go then then perhaps you be behave slightly differently so that behavior because of our ownership is um is another what i would say an advantage yeah so yeah okay i mean it is that thing of the the, the way that you're owned helps to set a culture um, it does but it isn't but it isn't just that simple because there's there's also individuals and a lot of the people make that culture as well as the structure helping to reinforce it but just uh, the thing about other clubs and i'm, I'm not going to start asking for a list julian 
don't worry. Well, I mean, you know, you're, so, you're someone who talks about not doing it, not, not going by conventional wisdom. Although sometimes, you know, conventional wisdom works. It's, it's, it's not always a bad thing. But what, when it comes to relationship with fans on the part of other clubs, what do you think are the sort of con- conventional wisdom mistakes that people make when it comes to how they um, manage that relationship? I mean, I hinted earlier at, at one of the issues that I think is a problem, which is I think fans assu- uh, clubs assume that fans only care about results and that's all they care about. And that's, I always think that's slightly misunderstanding it. We want our clubs to be successful, but you go and visit a club when uh, the fans have discovered that everything's been done on the never-never and there's massive debt and they're not very happy. So there is a balance. So are there, you know, what, what are the mistakes you think get made out there? And, you know, they could be sort of top, top line strategic mistakes. They could be things in delivery. You think, why are you doing that every week? That seems to be a waste of time. Is there anything particular that springs to mind that you've seen? Um, I, I, you know, my major thought is, the, is, is if they've got a big enough view of what's going on, you know, if, they, if they've got a bigger picture, then, then I, I suppose you, you would take it like this, you know, that, that there will be the people on the outside of that circle that will always feel the same, no matter what you do. And then, but if you don't tell them, you'll have this. And we're, somebody, we're, we're working towards making sure that everybody understands more and more of what's going on. And we work really hard at that. So whether that is, you know, you mentioned about the London Grecians, and, and I know that not only me, but Nick Hawker, the, the, the trust chair, he, he's very, very accessible. He's around, I mean, he's made a big difference. Um, and those people, the fan engagement in there makes a big difference. So w- what's different? You know, in the end, it probably boils down to the understanding from a lot of those people that, that the ownership of the club is real it's not a I, I i don't know too much but whenever whenever i find out and there's some there's some you know really good uh clubs that have got supporters involvement in and such it's never really 50 50 and i mean you probably know that better than i do i don't spend my time looking into other people's business i've got no job doing my own but when i do i mean you know look at portsmouth fantastic club great relationship with them um you know supporters ownership and then suddenly it wasn't anymore um you know, I think the difference is is that that our club is not really interested in in moving to another model. You know, that's that's what. I mean, there will be some people that would want to do that, but I think the ethos and and the understanding. You know, I I I, I actually think that the, the the majority of our fans like the way we do it, and and want us to actually achieve doing it that way i remember one a long long time ago now and i met a, an eminent businessman it was a, 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 a thing in powder and i was stood there and, and i didn't know him very well but he said well well done i'm sort of strange what do you mean and it certainly wasn't reflect he wasn't talking to me he was talking to, he said what you did as a supporters club when it got taken over and the work that we did over those first five or six years he said i never thought you had a chance never thought it was possible and that was a nice compliment because that was from somebody that understood at a level of business. It's not the, <coughs> and we got, there's plenty of good business people around our club for sure. No doubt about that. But there's also an awful lot that wouldn't have a clue about what and how they just, they do worry about the result. But this, this, this person who had a, had a massive amount of respect for, who was an eminent businessman, his own says, he said, we looked at it, thought you'd never had a snowball's chance in the folks. And that's what adversity can do. So I also think it's a slight advantage that it's not that, 
far back in memory. People still, there were enough people around that, although there's an awful lot of kids that don't know any different than Wembley and promotions. And well, there's you know, a thing, there's a lot thing. further back than that, and that's an advantage too. There's an, a thing, there's a thing there that, that, uh, that that's obvious then to me, which is that um, there's a sort of, um, you're comfortable in your own skin. And that seems to be actually when you it's talk. Good, good uh, way of putting yeah. yeah, I was talking to Matt, Matt Cecil at Wickham yesterday, and I mean, they've, they've obviously changed ownership a couple of times, and they've, they've gone from being fan-owned into the, being, <clears throat> being um, majority private-owned again. Um, but the interesting bit talking about them, talking to Matt, was um, that, they're, that they're comfortable, that they're clearly comfortable in their own skin, even though those changes have happened. So I'm kind of teasing out this point about culture, setting aside the, the, the structure and all that kind of stuff, which is obviously important and very important in what you talk about and what you do. But the bit that most comes across from them is they haven't forgotten what it's like being a non-league club. They aren't, you know, they are, that, that being, being a Wickham is something a bit different and it's, and it's understanding your identity. And it does strike me that all the clubs that do it well, I mean, you mentioned Portsmouth, to some extent there, they went, obviously, again, they're another example where they were supposed to own and went back into private ownership. But the most, the thing that I've found with, with them and people like Mark uh, Catlin is that they sort of, there's a, there's a, there again, there is a sort of comfort in their skin. They understand what they're into and they don't pretend otherwise. And, and, and if you do, if you can do that, then it seems to me that fans know that they sense it, they're reassured by it. And even if, your results are crap and you do badly on the pitch, you get a bit Norwich, you get a bit of extra, you get a bit of extra consideration. People will go, okay, no, all right, fair enough. And you're straight with me. So I'll deal with, I'll deal with that. And that, and that Julian, if nothing else, you are a straight speaking individual that probably helps a great deal when you're trying to run a multifaceted. The other thing that I think is really important too, that one of the things that one of the advantages that it gives us, we've got a phenomenal relationship with, uh, you know, the, the local professional bodies, with the city council. You know, they they know that, and I'll, I'll use the phrase advisedly. You know, it's not a mill owner. You know, they know that it's 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 owned by the people of Exeter. You know, and I, that's what I say. You know, of course, we. I, I'm in a. Uh, you know, I pay my subs and have done right from the very beginning. I'm number eighty three on the list because I'm zero eight three. So I've been paying mine for a while, but actually what that does show outside is that the amount of goodwill that's underneath that's for the city council the county council all the various bodies that work around the the, the college exeter college the exeter university we are right in the middle of the fabric of of the city we're not an outsider we're not a and that that's when you talk about comfortable in your own skin that's a good place to be because to have the respect and we had none you know our club was a joke an absolute joke and uh and the story i always tell was on the radio somebody came and said you've got um who was it we had um michael jackson um somebody yuri and yuri exactly said michael jackson yuri the Geller, and i think it was a plymouth fan phone up said all you need now is coco the clown for the full set and you know i thought you bastard so but he was right and that probably goaded me into action at that point but to go from a situation where we were the laughing stock of the whole league and probably the na nation, we've now got something sort of respected in sense of the ownership of the club. I think our academy is well respected in the local area, the Greater Exeter and beyond. The whole of the, you know, our community is well respected. So, God, you can't put a price on that. 
you know is that and if we can achieve and everybody's willingness to and so underneath all of those people under all of those people at that level even understand what we're trying to achieve and they're with us that's where you want to be because i think eventually that momentum takes you somewhere if all those people are behind you and with you whether that's you know the university with courses and education and the college we do a massive amount with them because there's a mutual respect in both directions and and i think if we've achieved anything and i don't know about that in any other clubs but i'd be surprised that i have the privilege of sitting in the room in you know during these covid things with with all of those people trying to sort out the problems and exeter city are a part of that and we're there to help our city deal with whether that's the food distribution or the prescriptions or the all the aspects of the health and well-being the boxes that they have to tick that our club ticks on their behalf you know they're government boxes that come to our area and we're in the middle of that I, you know, I, I if there's ever an ethos i love that I love the fact that we're in the middle of that. That, and, and of course, is on the pitch important? Massively, of course it is. It's the most, and without that success there, we're going to struggle. So I think there's a point you made a bit earlier. I thought, I wonder how that works when you're not going, when it's not going so well. So I, I respect and understand that you, you have to do well on the pitch. You know, you can't do everything else without it. All the bits are just as important. You know, you can't lose a gear out of the gearbox and expect the whole thing to run properly. You know, something's missing. So we have to have all those gears running well together and all improving together. So when you when you talk about ethos or um, culture, you know, there's 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 the underlying culture. That's that's for me, you know, is 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 very very worthwhile on a personal basis. On a and you. you we really are feeding back into the whole community and and that's a two-way street i've just 